When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes, yo, you don't stop. Big John come rocking a short shot called to the pen. HQ, it's Choco Taco Tuesday with the big man, with the big mouth from the Big Apple. Big Johnny Stud coming to your worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, coming at the chair as always. Woo woo, playoff time. Woke up today and I was that guy on the window in the drift. <laughs> well, my Yankees will be playing golf and not playing baseball today because their management sucks. Let's talk about the teams that actually matter here on Cole to the Pen HQ, the fastest show in MLB. Absolutely anywhere. Take that bad boy to the bank, rubber stamp it, tell him the big guy sent you. At John McGaze on Twitter, check it out, baby. All the baseball, football, and snark that you can handle on the bird box. OPMG, Brian E. Crypt, Zombie, Buendia, Bienvenidos, what's going on? Bienvenido, everybody. Grandpa the sword. Grab your spear, grab your shield, because we're doing the thing. Get ready to defend the tunnel. If any of it makes him in, we walk him right over to the pit. Madness! Yeah, I say madness. This is Sparta, where we give to the books nothing but take from them everything. All right, let's do it. I'm going to dive into it. I have so much cool stuff. If you were with us from the beginning, when our beloved producer Jay and I started from zero, literal zero. Now, really, this show has kind of been a good analogy for my own life, you know. Passion driving from zero, you know. Can passion get you from zero to somewhere? Well, now we're past a thousand subs. If you're here from the beginning, when we used to do this bad boy in the afternoon, early afternoon. Of course, me. Used to spend every waking second. Death taxes, sun rising in the east, setting in the west. Bears making dookie in the woods and me up before the crack of dawn. To bring you to show. And I used to just spend those extra three hours preparing. And bring all the granular stuff. So let's get into it. Hopefully showing off a bit of the nuance and the context that you get when you roll with us. Yes, the season may be almost over. But we still want those cartoon fingers, those cartoon bells. Jam them up inside me. There's plenty of room. You heard? All right. That's going to be so much fun. I haven't been able to do this stuff for a while. Four games on the slate. It's playoff time. Oh, man. Sweating every single pitch. Oh, baby. I can't wait. I absolutely love it. I was joking with Jay. It's not the same without the Yankees. It's not. But I love playoff baseball, especially, you know, we're so ingrained in this, right? This is a little bit of the culmination. Let's close it out strong, as always. It's the Texas Rangers going to Tampa Bay. Right, okay, I'm going in order of the games. Good, I got you. I actually got this one right. Texas at Tampa to lead us off. Jordan Montgomery on the bump for the Rangers. Glassnail for those flat fish from Florida. Rangers plus 130 dog on the road. Seven and a half is your total. Let's dive into it. Jordan Montgomery to start. Again, we're diving into arsenals. We're doing the granular stuff today. Right, if you want the broad view, you can listen to yesterday's show, BGCIC, yeah. 
If you want the broad view, wider view, yesterday's show, still good. Jay, wasn't that a lot of fun to do a show that doesn't die on the vine after five hours? I know I was excited getting views overnight. Nothing wrong with that. When you're over there, hit the like button because that shit matters more than it should. All right, back to Jordan Montgomery. Big improvement here, something you want to be looking at when we get back into fantasy and the like. Increasing velocity on off-speed stuff. Montgomery added a mile an hour to the changeup. Then again, I'm going to try not to do too many lessons, but I have to reframe right our stuff. When we do granular pitching analysis, just the way baseball is very good with triple slashes, I have my own triple slash introduced it at the athletic. It really kind of stuck, and now I use it as a part of my analysis. When we think of individual pitches, okay, individual pitches again, Big John is going to do it like no one else. We want to talk about in terms of usage, how often do they use it? I use expected slug. It's a contact metric. The same as expected wobble, all those, as long as the numbers are relative and you understand that, that's fine. And then whiff rate, right? Deployment, contact quality, swing and miss. Keep that stuff in mind. I'm going to keep using it throughout the show. The change of 26% use, 391 X slug, 39% whiff rate to righties right now. Jomo killing righties with that pitch. If not, you get the curve. Also, 36% whiff rate, 360 X slug on the curve. The reason I mentioned it, Jomo not really thought of as a big kind of strikeout guy. On the season, 21K, only six walk. That 15KBB, 26 whiff, really not the underpinnings of the big strikeout stuff, but he does have it in him. Expect to see more of the off-speed stuff from Jomo today. Last four games, he closed out extremely strong. Yankees just kicking themselves. He went seven, gave up none. He went seven, gave up one. Went seven, gave up none. Went six, gave up one. He has a max 301 lefty-righty Woba split, so he's been really tough on both handed hitters. Challenge going to be on the Tampa Bay offense that's hit lefties very well this year. Top six in OPS versus Southpaws. Year-to-date, closed it out strong as well. A Randy, a Rosarena, Junior Caminero, and Howard uh, Ramirez, excuse me, all had a minimum 850 OPS down the stretch in September versus lefties. Now we want to look at, Jay, my first play today. I want to look at Yandy Diaz. He's so Good against lefties, I think of him as like the kind of prototypical professional hitter. And he should lead off right in a game with a favorite. I know in total bases, I do prefer away, but you don't want to cross off guys at home. So we can get even money on Harold Ramirez, Jay Birds using Betstamp. He'll tell you a bit more about the app in a little while. So let's take the even money. On Yandy Diaz, check it out. See if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Versus lefties, year-to-date, Yandy Diaz. 83% contact, 62% hard hit, 16% barrel, 10% blast. That's an 1,100 OPS with a 423 expected WOBA. Doing the thing. And again, kind of it should be leading off. So we'll get that extra PA. Not to say regardless, there's no guarantees in this world. But I like Yandy Diaz for two bases in a strong spot on the bump for the Rays. Colin Glass now. It's going to be all about the... Fastball, okay, 43% use. The shape is pretty good, 13 inches, vertical move. Not a lot of horizontal run. Let's do the vertical move stuff just really quick if you're new and you want to, can you want to understand this stuff? It matters. When we talk about fastball shape, we want less vertical movement. Forcing fastball, this is funny. We all grew up hearing, his fastball straight as an arrow. Well, you wish it was straight as an arrow. You wish it was straight as an arrow. Because it's this little thing called gravity that pushes balls down. 
So what pitchers can defy that gravity the most? We hear rising fastball. There's no such thing as a rising fastball. There are, however, fastballs that sink less relative to the field. Two kind of points of attack there. Number one, it's deceptive because it is dissimilar from the norm. Number two, you deploy the flat fastball up in the zone to create more of a physical distance between the bat and the ball. Again, very intuitive. I'm not that smart. Remember, fastball shape matters. Glass now has got it. Also, big-time extension. Seven-foot, five-inch extension on the fastball, then using it to mirror that curveball. 21 use on the curveball. 205 X-slug with a 51% whiff. I do my favorite pitches of the year. Most devastating, colon collapsing pitches of the year. Expect the Glassnell curve to be on there, but also because he uses it in accordance with that devastating fastball. Then if not, you get the slider. 35 use with a 38 whiff rate. Whoa, he did give up four earned runs, three of the last four down the stretch. But he finished five innings, no earned with nine Ks at Boston. So a really strong finish for Glassnell. We want to be looking at Texas against righties whenever they're facing the big-time fastball usage. And I know the glass now fastball is very good. It is objectively awesome. However, Texas, the best right-hand fastball hitting team in the big leagues right now. Check this one out. These are your battle rate slash home runs. Right-handed fastballs, remember, when you get to that 40% use on the fastball, hitters will get the green light to wait on it. Now, again, if you sit on it and he drops two breaking balls in the zone, you're probably F in the A. If he misses and has to come in, again, 43%, you're going to see fastballs. Will you be able to time it up? Let's check it out. Mitch Garver, 29% bow rate, 7 ding-dongs. Seeger, 24% bow rate, 10 ding-dongs. Jung. 22% bow rate, 8 ding-dongs. Adolis Garcia, 18% bow rate, and 12 Shamalama ding-dongs. I guess right-handed fastballs. That's kind of the thing we're going to be, we're really looking at. As I was thinking about it, as much as I like Glass now, insight, what's going on. Started getting a feeling that maybe we're going to get offense in this one. Mentioned the Texas offense, very good against righties. We saw that reflected in the stats list. Oh, I'm sorry, second half. I almost said last 30 days. I, I shifted around my data if you're unfamiliar. Down the stretch, one of the better offenses in the league. Double-digit walk rate. Top five in chase rate. You know, top five fly ball rate. 9% barrel, 41 hard hit. It's 110 WRC plus for the Rangers. Again, better against righties than lefties. A little unusual. Tampa Bay, I've mentioned it, good against lefties. The disciplinary stuff is not great. They swing and miss, they chase, but they get a lot done. The Rays will sell out, but are effective. You get into the bullpens, you've got to give the edge to Tampa by a mile. So I've got Tampa for the win, but I'm really getting very close to that over as well. Right, Home runs are the way to get there. But if you're not digging the scoring, I know going up against Premier it's not a lot of fun. And if the, these guys come out hot, Glassdown comes out hot, all of a sudden you can say, oh my God, how is anybody getting eight? Or even the three to four that you'll need to compensate the other side. So I definitely like the Diaz play. I think we're going to bin the Tampa Bay money line and come back to it. We can kind of pair up 
winners if we're not looking for run lines. That's generally the other way that I'm going to go. So hopefully that was a cool little breakdown on the first one. Rangers versus Rays. Let's move it into the next. Hopefully that was everything you could expect. I mean, that was like granular analysis. Well, that's what you get. For those of us that have been here the whole year, you're probably a little bit smarter and better at this than you were when we started. Hopefully, you know, we're leaving you with something beyond the game breakdown. We say, damn, learn something today. Then if you learn something every day, Monday through Friday, hopefully you come back the next Monday and say, why isn't this show extremely popular? I don't know. We may not be, but we are fierce. Help us figure out the other part of the formula. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Retweet. Tag Rob Pizzola on the Bird app. Tell them what kind of a good job we're doing around here. All right, next up. Jay's on the edge of his seats for the hometown hero Blue Jays. Traveling just, just over the border, right, to Minnesota? Just, just like a smidge over the border to meet the Twinkies. It's Kevin Gaussman on the bumpers. Pablo Lopez. Let's take a look at Gaussman. He is freaking awesome. Oh, my gosh. Is Gaussman awesome? Fastball, one of the best in the game. The movement profile is really sick. And when he uses it with the splitter, the combination is just absolutely devastating. The fastball comes in at 95 miles an hour, 14 inches of vertical move. Again, that's very good. I, I mentioned you want less rise, but I didn't do the numbers. So just to give you an idea, between 13 and 14 is very good. Damani, I see you. Insight, what's up? 13 and 14 are really good as far as vertical movement goes. Anything like 12 or less is phenomenal. But then you have to pair it with the horizontal run. I mentioned Glass now lacking that horizontal run. Gaussman has it like pouring out of his nose. You know, 14 inches vertical, so nice and flat, but also 11 inches of horizontal run on that. Only a 17% whiff rate, but the contact profile is good. But then he gets you with the splitter. 38 use, a 271 expected slug with a 43% whiff rate. Devastating. Then the slider, 10% use, cleanup pitch, 35% whiff, tons of swing and misses. Finished struggle down the road, up, down the stretch. Oh, no, no, sorry, the opposite. Only five run runs, last four games, sorry. Five run runs total, last four games from Gaussman. That's 25 innings pitched. He had 10 strikeouts in two of the last four. However, Minnesota Twins offense, probably the best right-hand hitting team in the league. Not something that does get talked about a ton. But you got to pay attention. 350 expected Woba. 348 on the other side. First righties. Last 30. Minnesota Twins striking out as always. But the sellout is not as bad as you might think. 26K, but it's double-digit walk. Above average chase. 41 fly ball. 40 pull. 42 hard hit. Double-digit barrel. Right? That's what gets you there. Those are second-half stats. Those are very, very good. Twins. Just rolling. Hold on, I got some good righty stuff here as well. Minnesota offense versus righties list 30. Royce Lewis is supposed to be back, from what I understand. So Lewis, Waller, Castro, and Carrera, Willie Castro, have a 950 OPS since September 1st down the stretch versus righties. Going to be a tough go for Gaussman. They're going to challenge him. So I love Gaussman, love his stuff on the mound, but I'm worried that the offense is going to be the difference here. Who would have thought we were talking about disparity in offense, Toronto and Minnesota? 
that the edge might be going to the Twinkies. But I mean, it just it just has to. Offense on the Toronto side. I screwed something up. That's fun. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Oh, my bad. I got it. Let's check it out. Second half offense for the Blue Jays. They're one of those lefty heavy teams. Top three expected Woba versus lefties. Just average versus righties. 318 expected Woba, 307 composite versus righties. Second half. Not that great. The disciplinary profile is very strong. 21K. To 10 walk, you're going to need every bit of that versus Pablo Lopez. They don't chase, but Toronto, just, you know, too many ground balls, not enough hard hit balls. 35 hard hit, 7% barrel. One of the worst power profiles coming into the playoffs, not what you'd expect. And what was the last piece of the puzzle that we've been talking about all year? If you're not going to mash, you must steal bases. I, it's really beyond me. Understanding... I get I pay attention to a lot of this stuff. I try not to give myself too much credit. I like to think I'm at least an order of magnitude or so stupider than the people in the front offices of these teams. But I am really struggling to think I would not be adding wins to a lot of these clubs. I don't know I don't know what it is. If it's a lack of understanding in ball flight, analytics, how to apply them, maybe stubbornness. Maybe trying to over-correlate. I find that happens sometimes. I'm not exactly sure. This one right in front of their faces. Again, me, Big Mouth, talking about this stuff from day one. Day one. We have the receipts. And if we had a room full of producers like those suckers up in Bristol, we'd be able to pull this stuff. But no, it's me and Jay carrying the load, bringing you, you know, the work of 37 people. Thank you so much, man. Toronto not running could be the downfall. you got to get on. The 31 steals in the second half as a team is bottom five. Again, the hard hit rates are terrible. I'm worried about the righty stuff. I think the difference here is going to be the Toronto offense. Take a look at Lopez. It's fastball, sweeper, curve, and change. Contact profile is sick. Maximum 387 expected slug across the arsenal. That is insane with a minimum 28% whiff rate. He's been just excellent. Remember when he couldn't go 100 innings? Yeah, me neither. The changeup use was at the center of it, but what I picked up on that I actually heard him address as well, he credited the Minnesota front office for helping him develop a sweeper. It's come at the expense of a changeup, which is a good pitch anyway. He just dialed it down. The changeup coming in at 35% use last year, down to 21. Still a sp strong secondary pitch. But the sweeper is ridiculous. 21 use, 262 expected slug, 36 whiff. You have to understand what that means. A 262 expected slug. Just unbelievable that when you get a stick on it, you do nothing with it. Again, inducing a whiff rate more than one-third of the time on a brand new pitch. He struggled down the stretch, and that was the one I had wrong. Again, my apologies, you know, so much doubt. Three earned runs or more, last three games started. But, I'm worried. <laughs> That's the but. It was the White Sox, the Angels, and Oakland. 
Again, I try not to overreact to the stuff down the stretch, but we also, right with the betting, you have to keep the minutia in mind. One of the repeating parts of the broken record. Pitcher is kind of running out of gas at the end. I joked about the workload. I shouldn't have. You know, 194 innings, easily the most he's thrown. But Lopez has been good in the second half anyway. 304 XFIP, 33 Sierra, 27.5K to 5 walk. Fly ball rate on the 30, bow rate of 5. Lopez has been excellent. Again, I do think he's going to suppress the Toronto offense. If it gets to the bullpen, the edge goes to the Twins as well. Sorry, Jay. But a fact is a fact is a fact. Jay's bumping. Maybe it's a running out of gas thing. If you're looking at the second half, they're really, really strong. When you start to zoom in the last 30 days, it started to fall apart a bit. 94 innings is not nothing. I don't want to overreact. I'd rather use the bigger set. But you can't ignore it. 4-7 ERA, 1-4 whip. Double-digit walk rate, major problem. 39 hard hit, nearly 8 barrel. That is the makings of blowing bullpen games. Flipside Minnesota kind of turned it on at the end. I guess I missed this even yesterday. They were struggling with the bullpen, and I mean, maybe it's just a nuance or an individual basis thing. Minnesota, I think you want the more recent data because they were shuffling, they were shuffling these guys around. Again, see, I, I didn't realize that Varlin getting some impactful work back there. Griffin Jacks had been excellent. And then even Brock Stewart had been just ridiculous. 36% K rate, 13K per nine with a sub one ERA. The lefty Cody Thunderburk, go f- say that three times fast. In his 12 innings, sub one ERA. So to have that lefty, not that the again, not the Blue Jays this is part of the problem. They just they don't have the lefty sticks either. Hard not to give this one to the twins. Jay, we're talking equal juice on the two of them, I think, mate, right? 150, 150. Wow, twins are coming in at 110. So let's bet the twins at 110. Full game money line. We'll keep Tampa. In the in the bucket, you know what? I think we're gonna pair them in the next one with the Brewers. I like the Brewers and Burns or a fought in the Diamondbacks. We'll dive into that one. But yeah, let's. I mean, I I guess I just had the pricing wrong. I was thinking more in terms of parlaying. But again, let's. I, we like it. The analysis is there. We know it's a tough matchup. We know we're gonna have to probably win it late. We know it's gonna be close. But the situational hitting for the Blue Jays has been such an issue all year. Lopez has just been so good. And Twins hitting the righties with the struggles. Dennis Rush for Toronto. I think I like Minnesota. Next up, I mentioned it. It's the stakes, but shapes on their back. And Brandon Fott going to Milwaukee to face the Brewers. All right, let's take a look at Fott first. Man, I had to double-check this because my man Frankie was tweeting positive stuff about Fott on Twitter. 5-7 ERA, 1-4 whip, 8-62 OPS on the season. But we mentioned the trajectory thing. He came up and got shelled. He came up again after getting demoted. Second half stuff is okay. Last 70 innings, a 4-2 ERA, 1-2-5 whip. 
The Sierra just under four. The walk rate under control. But the contact profile is still really rough. 43 fly ball, 39 hard hit, and 11% barrel, nearly two home runs per nine from Fott. I think that's going to be the issue that's what we're attacking. Jay, I'm going to keep rambling. Pair the Rays with the Brewers, please. Brandon Fott, you're getting a fastball, sinker, sweeper, change. The sweeper and the change have a 33% whiff rate, which is really good. However, the butt, 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 the big shaking butt in the major problem is the fastball profile. Okay, let's dive into it. And then there's kind of a little half a tangent. You can't just attack a bad fastball. The problem is when you run into pitchers with bad fastballs that also use them too much, which, again, seems a little counterintuitive. It feels a little bit stubborn. Maybe, I mean, again, I don't want to be uh, trying to, I know better in a billion dollar organizations. But for something that seems so simple, I think sometimes you'd like to see more of the, you know, more push and pull, ebb and flow on pitch usage. Again, you're telling me what you got to throw the fastball is that is at 45% of the time to set up the other stuff. Well, the fastball is getting. Absolutely hammered. 45% usage, a 550 X slug, and only 17% whiff rate. So the ball is getting just absolutely damaged, not inducing whiffs. Not any good. Getting thrown 45% of the time, expect the Brewers to sit on it. Contact's been an issue all season. Fastball, change, and sinker all have a plus 500 X slug. That's that line of demarcation where you want to go after it. Lefties and righties both have a 533 slug. Composite year-to-date. He surrendered plus three earned runs in 13 of 18 games started. Now, granted, what Frank was picking up was the end of the season. Zero earned runs in two of the last three. He's not wrong. However, it was the two Chicago teams. Cubs were in the tank. White Sox were in the tank as well. My beef is the home runs. Two home runs, three of the last six. Let's take a look at Milwaukee against those right-handed fastballs. Jay, it feels good to be. We're back, baby. We are back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Doing the analysis, it separates us from the stanads out there, the fakes and the phonies. Yeah, you're not even going to get this on MLB Network anymore. Shame. It's like MTV. They once played videos. MLB Network once did, you know, baseball statistics and other, God knows, telling stupid jokes, talking about politics, and absolutely nothing that we care about. You're going to get more here in 45 minutes than you're going to get there literally the entire day, putting your entire day on hold and staring with your eyes open at that garbage Whatever, I just go with the throats, man. I punch up. You know, that's what we do. Defending Sparta, the things that we care about. Controlling the things we control. Right, people? We don't throw the ball. We don't swing the bat. We do control our work ethic. The fury with which we approach our work and the consistency. Uh, that's why we stick out. Boom. Rate, review, and subscribe matters more than it should. All right, Milwaukee versus the right-handed fastballs year to date. Christian Yellick, give me total bases, my friend. Love that. Hopefully, he's apply. I should have prefaced it with it's got to be plus money. If it's minus 130, I'm not doing that. Maybe we'll shift to a hit, hit running ribby then. Oh, okay. Beautiful plus money. Loving that on Christian Yelich. Let's take a look. First fastballs year to date. Yelich's going to be sitting on this 83 contact, 55 hard hit, 12% barrel. That's a 461 expected Woba, seven ding dongs, and an 1100 OPS. 
after Yelich, we're looking at Willie Adamas. I'm not going to bet this one. We're just keeping an eye on him. Jay, check out the just put bring up the home run prop for Adamas. If it starts with a three or a four, forget it. Maybe four. Let's say four fifty or above. We'll go all buck on Adamas. Pure home run play here. Forty seven percent hard hit, nineteen percent barrel, twelve percent blast rate. That's the one you're looking for. A four oh six wall and eight home runs against fastballs from righties. Yeah. I had the plus four twenty it's the odd one. Yeah, well, we get plus four hundred. So you put a buck on the second best odd. We'll go a buck on Willie, slick Willie. Let's see what else I got. That's the offense from Milwaukee. So, yeah, I'm absolutely worried about Brandon Fott. I mean, game one, playoffs. I'm not even trying to do the subjective stuff. But, man, that's a big spot. It almost doesn't, almost doesn't seem fair. Milwaukee offense, not been great. Struggling against righties down a stretch. The disciplinary profile is very strong. 21K to double-digit walk, 10% swing and strike, 31 chase. So they're going to bring Fott into the zone. They hit too many ground balls, but this is their spot, right? Heavy fastballs, heavy righty. That's going to be the thing. Let's see if Fott goes the other direction, but I already let you know the entire profile gets hit hard. So I got to really like the Brewers. My boy Corbin Burns on the bump for the beer makers. Rich Clark says, Hi, John. You're still optimistic for deep Brewers pro season run? Uh, night of the injury news, of course. Uh, you know, just a quick one on me and my uh, terrible luck here. Rich, the, the quick answer is no. Because the idea was those three guys are going to basically pitch every single game. And now you're getting into, like, Wade Miley territory where things can get really ugly. And, again, the Brewer offense, not necessarily what you need to beat the Braves. And that's what I worry about. So it's time to pivot off it. Unfortunately, what I'm getting at. So I get a call. Yesterday from the Athletic, if you're familiar, I do work there. Like a call to the big leagues, you know. Uh, Johnny, we have a work for you on the like the, like the real page, like the actual MLB page, like the Jason Stark, Ken Rosenthal page. Holy macaroni. Quick write-ups and picks and plays for the playoffs. Say that three times fast. And of course, mine was, I got the... I put a little effort into it. I had a few of my selections actually published, you know. And, of course, it's like Milwaukee heavy, Woodruff heavy, and, you know, he's he's out. So, if I, I might update it if I have time, but, yeah, I'd be pivoting probably towards the Chalky Braves. Yuck. I don't think the Dodgers have it. They're going to be trying to piecemeal all the innings together. I don't think without Urias, I don't think the Dodgers have the pitching depth. So it's probably the Braves, especially if Freed is going to come back. Someone was kind of raking me in the comments. I wasn't sure if he's going to pitch. I didn't see him listed. Again, the probable stuff is a bit wonky right now. Inside says Milwaukee's wanted pitching staff took a massive hit on Monday. Yep, it was revealed. Woodruff has the shoulder injury. Yeah, I know. And it's at, he is going to miss at least the wild card. So I still think they beat the Diamondbacks. But if this is not like he's skipping a start, he could be down. Just really rough, really tough to see. Worst timing. Let's take a look at Corbin Burns. He had a really big second half, 270 ERA, one flat whip down the stretch. It's all about that cut fastball, 54% use. Like, you know it's coming, it doesn't matter. 383 expected slug, 23 whiff. Not necessarily, like, jumping off the page, but the thing is, he uses that to mirror off the curve and the slider, and, like, that's the colon collapsing ability right there. The curveball, 
17 used to a 176 expected slug and a 49% whiff rate, one of the single most devastating pitches in the league. The slider, 9% used, 289x. It's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Un- just absolutely unbelievable. 37 whiff. I got to have the... I, I had to take this note wrong. Some of this stuff I think I do I have to do hand notes for to mine it. Takes a little bit too much time. But the number that I wrote is just it just it like can't it just it can't be. But now I gotta check it. So let's do it one more time. Corbin Burns is slider. The correct was nine, two eighty nine, and a forty three percent whiff. What? Eric Tucci, what's going on? Thanks for jumping aboard. What's the favorite NRFI today? That's a pretty good one. Okay, so let's see. We already talked about the, like in Yandy, the racing lefties, even though Jomo's been good with glass now. So that's a pop. I'm a little worried. Toronto, Minnesota, this offense there. Milwaukee, Arizona. All right, if I had to choose, it's probably Minnesota and Toronto. It's probably Minnesota and Toronto. You know, those guys to come out strong. Minnesota offense is pretty good. But, like, Gaussman is just filled. And if you notice the names of the twins that I mentioned, a little bit later in the lot of, like, Castro and Walder, Correa was in there. But Gaussman v. Correa is not some slam dunk for Correa anyway. I mean, he's a great hitter, but Gaussman legit go. So if I had to pick a nerfy, which I'm not really, I'm not really into that stuff. I'd rather play for an F5 under. I think there's a bit more skill in the handicapping there. Right, a nerfy, you could just get busted on an error or something stupid, and like you you lose, and maybe your cap was good. So to answer your question, because I do appreciate new people jumping aboard at this time of the year. No, we appreciate you, man. It means the world to us, yo really does. You know, you're listening to baseball stuff in October with football going on and leaves on the ground. You are one of us. All right, let's do the last one, yo. Did I finish? Um. Okay, no, Burns, I want to just finish up right with the Osby stuff. is phenomenal. He triggers a box for me that I used to talk about a lot when I had the old granular stuff going on. So he hits the three low, low corners, right? The curve... You say, how do you do that? It's only three, cor- three, two corners. I count center black as the third low corner. So the curve goes to the arm side, slide it to the glove, and the change up down. So he really can hit all three, right? Think of like a peace sign, right? The, the trident. The trident. Okay, so what do I got? Five and two-thirds max for Burns. Last three games, but he did go five scoreless and four scoreless to close. They might have just been getting him amped up. And the problem here is the Arizona offense. Last 30 days, 750 plate appearances versus righties. It's a 220 BA, 655 OPS, and an 80 WRC+. Arizona has really, really, really struggled down the stretch. Burns looking good, pitching his best. Arizona on the struggle bus. You know, you give me Milwaukee. Jay, what's a what's a run line cover about? Maybe we're going to do a dollar on that too. Maybe do a little robust because there's so few games. But maybe get some exposure... To a cover also. Is it plus money? Yeah, I was hoping to be plus 120. Let's do that also. Player props about what's going on, man. Thanks for jumping on. My man Just killing it right now. Him and Mono follow past the prop on Twitter and on YouTube. My man Justin super sharp. Oh, you gotta be jacked up for Milwaukee. We're on Milwaukee. 
today. He just dropped one of his play of the day. Man, I kind of want to leave it in the comments, but I don't want to spoil it. If you're going to share, so will I. Good for the goose. Good for the gander. Jake, let's hit this one too. Let's let's share let's share the wealth. My man Justin's got under one and a half earned runs for Corbin Burns at even money as one of his play of the day spots. Which if you're like following him, or that my dude is just a cash machine, yo, ATM style. So let's do that as well. You know what? To be honest, just I I mentioned Burns with some reduced workload down the stretch that could work to our advantage as well, especially if Milwaukee is up. You know they're not they don't feel might not feel need. He definitely won't go into the seventh, but we may see him come out after five, which they've done the last couple starts. Again, I think this one is the biggest kind of lopsided on the board, so we'll get some exposure to the run line plus the money line. And I got Christian Yelich. Did we do Christian Yelich total base prop, James? Sorry, I got I got lost. I was like flip-flopping because I have an extra page going on. Did we get that? I wanted that one as well. Christian Yelich, total base prop, please. Yes, we did because, again, you are the man. Let's finish up strong, everybody. One more game on the board, and we'll get you out of here. Hopefully you appreciated this. You know, I was up early, really, really raking some, you know, Really kind of detailed stuff that you have to think at. Yeah, I love Corbin. Me too, man. Yeah, it's it's it, this should be Brewers like wheels up all the way. Heartbreaker about Woodruff. All right, next up. It's the Marlins at the Phillies. Jesus Lizard on the bump. Jesus Lazardo at the fighting Phils and Zach Wheeler. Lazardo checking out the fastball, 97 miles an hour. Really kind of mad profile on it, though. 46 use, 473. x slug. it gets in hard. 20% width, not great. 15 and a half inches of sink, which, again, is not great, but he does have a ton of ride. 14 inches horizontal ride on the fastball. And money off-speed stuff. This is where Lazardo butters his bread. The slider, 28 use, 288. Expected slug with a 50% whiff rate. That's filthy, yo. And the changeup, 21 use, sub 400. x slug, 36 whiff. So, again, that's how... Jesus does the thing. However, right, we talk about workload. Some kind of... Not say, like, you just run out of gas. You know, again, it's not to kill these guys. Excuse me. But again, it's a guy with injury issues now. Workload can't catch up to you. First 25 games started, 3 ERA with a 112 whip from Lazardo. Last 10 starts, a near 5 ERA with a 1-3 whip. Philly offense is interesting, and this one is just up to whether or not, you know, this is up to what frame you look at for the playoffs. Often argued and discussed between touts and handicappers and professional baseball people. I'm always under the impression that like, last 7 and last 14 does not translate like, into the playoffs. There's like a total mental and physical reset with the day off. That said, Philadelphia Phillies have zero hitters with a plus 365 expected Woba on the year versus lefties. Like, that's kind of staggering. Considering the firepower, we like to think of them as the much stronger offense. But we know that Phillies turned on the juice second half. Top five expected Woba versus lefties, 356, 322 Woba, 113 WRC plus. That's as a whole. Top five in homers, OBP and OPS, and they also steal bases. 
you know, 71 steals in the second half from the Phils in, let's call it, like, top six or so. Also, part of that, you know, pick up down the stretch, Harper, Baum, JTR, Castellanos, Brandon Marsh, and Edmundo Sosa, that's two-thirds of the lineup, have a plus 900 OPS versus lefties, last 60 plate appearances. Gotta, gotta think, man, this is like all, all Philly. Miami offense on the struggle bus, second half. I mean, bottom five and runs scored. 300 OBP, 715 team OPS, 46 ground ball, 39 pull. That's a 309 team Woba, 92 WRC+. Really, really struggled. You know, they made the additions. They showed us a bit at the very, very end. Miami is the, you know, the case for recency into the playoffs. Tim York, good morning. Appreciate you, man. I am going with the bigger sample. I think Miami has really struggled. I also think Wheeler is going to mow them down. I know with Philly, I tend to be going against it. But it's not a small sample. Like a second half is not a small sample. Same thing with Miami. So I got Phillies with the pitching edge. I got Phillies with the offensive edge. And the Phillies have the bullpen edge as well. Let's take a look at Wheeler. 96 mile an hour fastball, 43 use, 334 expected slug, 31 riff rate. One of the best four seamers in the game. 31 whiff rate on the four-seamer. 14 inches vertical movement, 6-inch horizontal run. Great combination there, but 2,500 RPMs. And it mirrors the new sweeper he added. 12 use, 379 X-Lug, 39 whiff on the sweeper. 21% put away. That's the money. That's the one, man. Guys, adding not just adding new pitches, but adding really good pitches that they use in critical spots. Wheels up for Wheeler. He's throwing that sweeper low and away to the glove slide. Man, 32 games started year-to-date. He's had a quality start 12 of the last 15. Six money starts on the season. That's seven innings minimum. Two earned runs maximum. And he had four games with 10 or more strikeouts. Miami offense versus righties. Top 10 OPS, WRC plus last 30. That's what it, That was the recency stuff. Birdie, Arise, and Solaire. 990 OPS versus righties, right? Not to be discarded. I just can't get over that. Just feels like a little bit. The competition for the Marlins in particular was really weak down the stretch. We were betting the Marlins. They had the White Sox a couple times. That's the thing I'm worried about. If you're pushing up, then I guess you go for Miami. Although, rather than bet on Miami, I would just go to an over then. I'm not there. I like the Phillies. I lost my the pricing. Shoot. Phillies minus 155. They could have been in there too. I'll tell you what. If the Rays lose the first game, I'm going to take the second part of the parlay, the Brewers, and pair it with the Phillies. Like you, could, you know it. You absolutely know it. I know I hear some people probably thinking, what about round robin? Remember, round robins do not work in your advantage when the price is at minus 150. I mean, I, I see touts post them and then post round robins as wins. But that's an issue. It's not a win. 
if you run the math on the minus 150, two out of three is not a winner because you're laying out juice three times. So I'm going to look to pair, you know, the two of them and go from there. Jay says you can also bet on different sports books and get better odds. Speaking of which, it's a little late for an ad, but why not, man? Let's close it out strong. Best foot forward, which is actually our producer. Jay, clear your throat, man. Tell them all about it. For sure, John, I got you here. Uh, the easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books, just like John said there. Anecdotally, I was looking at a round robin on one sports book between four different legs, and I found that if I actually used three different sports books and paired them differently, I could actually get much better odds than the round robin on one sports book. It took a little bit of effort, but it ended up with me having a high, higher potential earnings. So the easiest way to do that is by downloading the app BetStamp. BetStamp is an odds comparison tool. Compares odds across every sports book uh, for games, player props, and futures. Save time and money by downloading the app today. If you're looking to sign up for new sports books, though, make sure you head over to betstamp.app forward slash call to the pen. Uh, if you sign up through that page, it helps support the show. Now back to John. All right, what's going on? Yeah, Tim York, I'm on the scene. That's my nerfy if I had to pick one. NBA props 20 in the house. You're at the restaurant where the chefs eat. Make sure you're following my dude on Twitter. Just wrapped up a very successful baseball season, and now he and I are starting to collaborate on these ladder plays for NFL. I'm hearing a very much like a mega, you know, madness kind of thing going on, Hogan Macho thing. All right, NBA Prop says, quick question, World Series Dark Horse. Oh, this is great. I'm glad you reminded me. Jay, let's place a couple more bets before we get out of here. My Dark Horse play are the Twins. They have the three-headed starters that really no one else has right now. The bullpen's been really good, and the offense hitting righty. So let's go with the Twins. Jay, let's do what we do yesterday. Two bucks on the pennant, one dollar on the World Series. Can we still have futures up? You should still have access to futures, right? But NBA prop, that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go Twins. We got some love in the comment section for Baltimore. Again, I this has been coming out. I've been called sour, like a sour Yankee fan. You know, it's not the case. Baltimore's offense is pure sex. I also think the way they develop the team is, you know, 80 grade A plus, right? Gold stars on every nose there. However, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the Jays and the props. Gaussman's the guy, you gotta win it today, but I'm worried. That's it. Um Baltimore. Don't, I don't think they have the swing and missability from the starting rotation. Is Grayson Rodriguez going to start in the first game? I mean, that's a lot to ask. And even if he gets it done, after that, it's, you know, means and dips in. I'm just, I'm not buying that as the power pitching you need. We love Baltimore. We getting paid on Baltimore all year. No question. Rochman, love these kids. Gunner, love these kids. Oh, my gosh. Love the Baltimore lineup. I just don't think, especially after losing Felix Batista, you know, you need to shorten those playoff games. The Baltimore bullpen has not been great since then. We'll go over that stuff before the next round. B. Simmons says, Bradish, you're right. Horse Bradish, how dare, how dare I? How dare I? I actually think he's projected to be the, the one. But now, isn't that kind of like an issue? And again, I think he's, he's brilliant. But he feels like a strong two or three on a great team. B. Sims, you know, thank you so much, man. I, I Listen, L for love for me. L for love. Big L on a big fat forehead. Alpha love, but B Sims, sharpest comment section in the game for a reason. Agreed. Bradish, awesome. 
Grayson Cook. I mean, we're we're asking a ton. That's it. We're just you're asking a ton. It feels like you're asking a ton to get through a single series, then let alone when you get into the seven game series. So let's let's put it that way. Oh well, like they start with seven game series. When you're in a seven game series, you can't rely on you know Grayson to go on short rest. I think that right. I I sometimes I the brain goes the mouth is fast, but sometimes not fast enough. That's what we worry about because we see this all the time. Like, who's going to have the ability to manipulate these pitching staffs in to coordinate with the game scripts? And I have another one. So you got to like the Phillies also. Jake, maybe we can do the Phillies also. These guys are kind of big odds, like a buck on the Phillies to win the pennant. They're probably what a five to eight to one. I would get that also for the same kind of reason. Deep starting pitching. Remember, they also have Lorenzen waiting in the wings. It's a big deal. Strom waiting in the wings. And the bullpen's been very good. So that's how I kind of like to attack these tournament-style plays. Because You're going to need a filling guy. You might need a long guy. Who's pitching game four? Who's pitching game three in game four? So, you know, you have two aces, but you're always up against an ace in game one. Those games get split, and then it's a dogfight down the stretch. Wow, everyone, that'll do it. Fastest show on MLB absolutely everywhere. That's a wild card preview. Jay, can you scroll through the plays? We've got a couple total bases today. Yandy Diaz, Christian Yelich. A couple money lines. We're going to pair Tampa with Milwaukee. I also like a piece of the Milwaukee run line. Jay's doing the nice little saunter through those plays on Betstamp. Jay, again, hat tip to you. Excellent job, as always. NBA props, B. Sims and Tucci. Brian E., Brian R., Michael K., Tim York, play a prop. Mean the world to us. Rich Clark, Damani, Insight, OP, Brian E. Man. Yo, you guys are, are us, right? The Phalanx is only as strong, right, as the weakest shield. And we don't we don't have those here. There are no weakened shields here at Call to the Pan. So rate, review, and subscribe. Counting down, you know, this final month of shows. Enjoy the games and enjoy your day, everybody. When we're done with the book, enjoy the pay. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down. And remember... When you work this hard, if there's a lot less like lock, yo, peace out.